Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcome to this episode of the show, where tonight the Demonic Dean presents his Christmas gift film pick of the week, Dial Code Santa Claus, a.k.a. Deadly Games from 1989 and directed by Rene Manzor. So it's French Home Alone for you guys following along at home. We're going to be talking about that a little later on in the show. But as always, I am joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Ho, 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 Francois, s'il vous plaît. Zou, merci beaucoup. Hello, everybody. What is going on tonight? Oh, hello, Père Noël. Oui, oui. Home invasion. Home invasion for this episode. Oh, oh, Oh. Kevin McAllister? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, is that the wet bandy? No, no, no. No hand of your mouth in this one. Only Penny and Wales. We're also joined by the Mad Monkey, the Prince of Morris Day. Get festive with the monkey. Oh, yes, baby, this is the Mad Monkey, broadcasting to you live from the Tongue Terror Morgue, where we, the Tongue Terror crew, will be broadcasting to you live for the next two hours as we come in your ears, that's right, with horror news, nerd news, and horror movie reviews, and all the other cool shit that makes Talking Terror the baddest podcast in all of the motherfucking land. So make sure you listen live, make sure you listen on iTunes, make sure you listen on Blog Talk, and all the other cool shit wherever you want to stay and get your streams shit. Because, like that case of syphilis, we are everywhere, baby. What's up, Fred family? You mean? Oh, good. Get to sit there. Mark, the, mark this as a new stamp for the dean working his way to another set of baguettes. <laughs> he gets another set of baguettes for his pick, and you get a baguette for that <laughs> intro monkey. <laughs> you know, yes, Would you like a croissant? Oh, 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 and some what? wine. Oh. Wine oh. always goes better with uh, Christmas baguettes and croissants. Nothing better than a Christmas <laughs> croissant. With Penny oh. Wells. <laughs> I have the spe- special cream for your croissant. That is for sure. Oh, glazed. <laughs> oh, it's going to be no, glazed with that Christmas no. snow. No, 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 Googlite. <laughs> Googlite coming back in 2022. Stay for it. We, we. No, we don't no. use that shit. <laughs> you don't need that shit. No, we spit on it like the Frenchmen we are. We like that cigarette wow. and we spit on it. Wow. <laughs> 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 the Americans. Us do not use Google Eyes, but we use our own spit or the vine. <laughs> so, um, 
so while we wait for for the the dean to show up, I did want to make a programming note for you guys, just announcing it that next week will be our final episode of 2021. Uh, it's going to be my pick. I'll announce it later on in the show, but next week will be our last one. So my top ten of 2021 is going to be released next week, and then we're going to take a week off to celebrate New Year's Eve and, and herald in 2022. Uh, then when we return, it's going to be the monkeys pick. So I get the last in 2021. Monkey picks up in 2022 with Team Wolf 2, I think. So we'll see what happens. Back-to-back picks? He might go controversial. He might be the controversial <laughs> of Team Wolf 2. <laughs> and Team Wolf 2, the, the Rathacon. <laughs> so sure, we'll do that. And without further ado, the demonic dean, whose film pick is tonight. Welcome back to the show, Dean. Wee wee. Bringing that excitement early, Dean. Good. I well, oh, wait. I'm sorry. Bringing that heat. Holy crap. Holy crap. <laughs> Holy crap. Good evening. And welcome Holy to crap. Jacob on Dick Hard. Wee wee. I didn't even do anything. Robo Daddy Lice. Ah, damn, Dean, <laughs> Dean's coming in hot. <laughs> I am? Watch out, ladies. <laughs> Stand back. The Dean's come through. Marie's already excited. Are you, are you guys? Wait, <laughs> are you hearing me or not? Danger zone. Oh, yeah, we're definitely hearing you. <laughs> All right, just making sure. You? Sometimes I can't tell. Who knows what the fuck you guys are talking about? We're talking about you, baby. <laughs> It's all you, baby. It's your pick. It's your movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. There he is. Fresh off Somebody the party, fucking fresh yeah. on the air. Somebody playing <laughs> so fucking cool. Yahtzee? <laughs> I thought somebody was just getting high. I just thought somebody was hitting that bomb. Getting to the dough. Or someone, someone, someone's shaking a spray paint can. Dean. So they can graffiti. graffiti. It's the Dean <laughs> making one of his fucking five-hour coffees, you know? What are you talking about five hours? You don't even know what you're talking about. So how can you even make a statement such as that? He's the authority in all things D. Oh, how dare you talk about the French press, ghoul? Yeah, seriously. I know. I know. I make it the beans. Fridge? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that coffee maker. Good story. But, all right. So, with the Dean being here, we're all here. Uh, does anybody have anything you want to talk about before the Dean hits the news desk for some hard news? Yes. <laughs> so, okay. I'm gonna, all right. Sweet. <laughs> Go, <monkey. laughs> Because... Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, on the Talking Terror page, we went ahead and shared that a second trailer for the book of Boba Fett has dropped. This is super fucking awesome because I am super fucking excited because this is my motherfucker in the Star Wars universe. So, yeah, either way, it's getting ready to come around the bend. So those of you who do not know, book of Boba Fett coming at, in your ears. Yeah. No, um, oh, <laughs> first episode okay. will drop. Yeah, we'll drop the, <laughs> December 29th, then go January 1st, then January 12th, January 19th, 26th, and then February 2nd, and February 9th, giving us seven, uh, seven episodes for hopefully the season one of the Book of Boba Fett, and I couldn't get any harder. <laughs> I know. I can hear from here. I can hear the pants get yeah. tighter. <laughs> I have avoided the trailer completely. Uh, again, I, I didn't even watch the first trailer because you know, again, I want, I I want this 
whole entire experience with Boba Fett to be completely clean. That's cool. And new. You know, so clean you know, versus I, I, what? I do remember. I did watch. I did watch the first show. Dirty That's and right. tainted. I did watch that one. <laughs> Yeah, it could be dirty and tainted as opposed to, like, you know, fucking watching all these other trailers for, like, Spider-Man and fucking all that shit. Speaking of which, Spider-Man comes out tomorrow. So fucking huzzah. Joy to the world. Everybody's fucking excited. Everybody's hard. Every fucking theater around here is now doing showtimes that are starting at, like, 2 in the afternoon. (laughs) And I checked through both Freehold, East Brunswick, New Brunswick, and Monmouth. Um, Every single one of those theaters... Every single showtime is not necessarily fully sold out, but it's sold to the point that there's, like, maybe two seats available in, like, each theater at this point. And you're talking, like, front row, like, type of shit or crammed between, like, you know, a thousand other people. So mm. looks like uh, oh, Spider-Man is, is, is bringing the boys to the yard. Milkshake mm-hmm. <laughs> strong. So, um, Sounds like he's bringing yeah, everyone. <laughs> For shits and grins, uh, Ghoul, did you check out check it out on TikTok when they were streaming the live premiere and streaming the movie as nope. well? Nope. Oh, okay. No, he's not going to watch I, that. I, <laughs> no. I am not watching nothing, man. Like, I know they dropped a new trailer, I think, today or some shit, like the final trailer, supposedly. Uh, supposedly, too, there was something, like, leaked, uh, like, yesterday or, or the day before something. Mm. Nah, man, I've been in complete shutdown. On, on all things to do with this film, man. So have you? I'm uh nope. So yes, going yes, I have. Dean. Yes, I have. I'm going in fresh, yeah. like a fucking newborn baby, just coated in fucking blood and and its mom's fucking amniotic fluid and all that nasty shit that comes out when the kid fucking squirts out of that old fucking vazoo. Squash, squash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us how you really feel. So. I'll be in the theater next door with the three old people that are going to go see Nightmare Alley with me. There's like probably two 80-year-olds that are going to go see that movie. It's exciting stuff, guys. Hope you don't die during it. We're going to make it through Nightmare <laughs> Alley together. It actually looks like a good flick, so I'll probably, I, I've heard good things on it. So I'll probably check that out, yeah, too. Just, just, you know, right now I've got Spider-Man and Matrix in my, in my bookings. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, like that Matrix. I want to see it, Nightmare Alley is definitely <laughs> coming, and... Uh, you know, I know that Guillermo del Toro wants to do a black and white version for the digital release to really kind of hammer home that this is a 30s piece. So, looking forward to checking that out. But yeah, I'll have my Werther's Originals with my old people going to see Nightmare Alley. <laughs> I want to see a period piece in the 30s. We could hold hands afterwards. I mean, who knows? Go play some bingo afterwards. Guys, it's only 12.30. Let's go do something. Let's go hit up the I don't know, dude. You, you, you might get lucky and get some guilt action in the theater there, man. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know if I can compete with the husbands. You know, they were in, you know, like uh, World War II and stuff. I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> um, nothing, nothing like a gnarled, fucking wrinkled, dry, crackly hand with arthritis trying to give you an old handy, bro. It's, it's, it's a good time. Oh, yeah. my God. Hey, come sit next to me, Sonny. Oh, look. She's got a fruit basket. That's for the movies. <laughs> and they hardly have to do anything anyway because their hands are already shaking. Yeah, well, it depends on how fast they fall asleep, too. You know, there might be too much excitement. You know, I might just put them right to sleep in the opening five minutes. Like, oh, no, Bertha fell asleep. No, that's okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm still just really excited about it. It's like the final movie of 2021 for me that I've been really fucking excited to see. So Saturday I'll be, I'll be there. Or High Water, then Spider-Man No Way Home. But, you know, so same level of excitement for different movies. Spider-Man and, and Nightmare Alley. 
and totally different. So that's fun. Well, my weekend span <laughs> is completely had to take a shit because of COVID. Uh, you know, we were lined up to be going up to Connecticut oh. for a big concert this weekend and a hotel stay and everything. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a, me- a member of the crew ended up with fucking COVID and oh. created an entire fucking chain reaction of fucking of events. So they've, they've postponed it to February 26th. Thankfully, you know, it's, it's the one in Connecticut, so we will be able to attend that one. Unfortunately, my kid can't come with us now, so, so we will have an extra ticket on hand. But uh, I don't know. I'll probably figure out something to do. I can either send it in for a refund, or maybe I'll just be nice and miracle it to somebody. But, but yeah, changes changes everything up and opens me up for the entire weekend. So now we don't know what the hell we're gonna do. We're gonna cry. Find something. Cry. We're gonna cry yeah. this weekend. Have a good cry. <laughs> I, mean, I do nightly, so it's fine. Nothing better than a good cry before bed. Clears you out. Gets you ready for the next day. <laughs> you know, um. You know, hugging my pillow and then crying. It, it helps. It's cathartic. <laughs> I usually do mine in the shower. So, so my tears can no. wash away with the rain. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I can't cry in the shower anymore. I tried. Just too difficult because I'm just too concentrated well, on getting clean. Well, that's because that's your neighbors keep banging on your bathroom wall. Stop fucking crying in the shower, you fucking wuss. Hey, listen, it's not my fault that I'm an ugly crier, okay? I like to scream, and I like to, you know, say my faults while I cry. I'm not a silent crier, okay? Like, I can't just, you know, <laughs> silently cry while my guitar gently weeps. No, i got to get that big, ugly cry where, you know, I start struggling for breath after a while, and then I just turn all beet red. <laughs> then I have sorry, to, what are you talking about? Okay. Sober. Nothing, nothing worse than a yeah, big I fucking am. ugly sobber, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, believe me. Not dripping from your fucking face and shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Yeah, that's why I do when I go to bed now. Because I'm like, you know, now's a good time. <laughs> you know, as I listen to my 911 calls and sob myself asleep. It's fun. You it's better not in that bra- you better not that brand new king size bed you just bought. You better not fucking ruin those sheets. Your big ass, no, well, hey, new plush purple sheets just waiting to be broken get- in. I was gifted pillow covers part. by by someone very close to the monkey and I. So yeah, no, the tears won't stain anything now. So it's even fucking <laughs> better because I got I got plastic on them now. So it's like it just slides right off, <laughs> just like my feelings just slide right away. <laughs> okay, so we talked about Boba Fett. Uh, if you guys have nothing else, uh, Dean, I'm going to give it to you for horror news. What do you got? What are you hitting us with? Oh, thank you so much. I feel that since uh, we listened to you ramble on making fun of her last week, we should only take a moment to uh, just uh, pay tribute to the passing of Anne Rice, a uh, legendary female writer in the, in the horror genre. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't so, apologize for that. I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't asking was for your apologies. I was just, I was just stating the facts <laughs> of things that happened on our show. I asked for no <laughs> apology, nor do I expect one. I was just making no, it. No, it was, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was kind of coincidental that, you know, after I made fun of her for like 20 minutes, she passed away. But I, I still stand by my Anne Rice, John Travolta vampire movie. And she might be gone, <laughs> but we're going to get it made. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Good luck with in your pursuits. <laughs> he'll do it. I, I guarantee you, he'll do it. You know, if you just, if I convert to Scientology for like a week, he'll do it. If I just say for like a week. Like, I'll give you a week, John, and then we're going to make this movie. He'll be like, all right, all right, yeah, it's going to be Scientology. It's going to be cool. We're going to be vampires now. Like, yes, John, we are. 
<laughs> I'm gonna get with it. Tom, okay with this? Can you take it with Tom first? <laughs> hey, Tom, you think it's okay? <laughs> I'm working on Mission Impossible 15. I'm good with anything that you do, John. <laughs> like, All right, we're gonna make this movie. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> hey, everybody, look at me. I'm like Dracula or something. Oh man, I'm making it. I mean, she might have been gone. She can't write the script anymore, but I'll pick up where she left off. <laughs> and with that, has nothing on John Travolta as a vampire. Man, we're really dedicating a lot of show minutes to this. <laughs> we are, because it's important. People need to know how passionate I am about my passion project, John Travolta as a vampire. Where you just then, be funny you know for an hour and a half. If this is your passion project, stop talking about it and get out there and do it and make it happen. I need to. You're right. 2022, I'm fucking doing it. I'm reaching out to, to John Travolta some way, some way. I'll find, I'll find a way. I'll find out what, what agent he has. I'll reach out to the Church of Scientology in California. We're I'll starting to go fund me? <laughs> yes. Yep. Do it. We should do it. Yeah. Make it a, a talking terror joint. John Travolta is a vampire. Oh, wait. <laughs> a talking terror joint. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Spike Lee, we're taking over. It's a talking terror joint. So, I'm excited. Everybody should be excited. New Year's resolution. <laughs> All right, so. So, Ed Rice passed. Okay, what's next, Dean? What do you have? Uh, hot off the presses just before uh, we hit the airwaves with this evening edition of Talking Terror, uh, we learned Ooh, pretzels. a a uh, Goonies themed uh, TV series uh, coming to Disney Plus uh, that is going to be titled uh, Our Time. Uh, hence uh, the original Goonies uh, saying of, you know, up there it's their time, but down here it's, it's our time. Uh, which oh. will follow a... How original. <laughs> a, will follow a, a teacher who is helping her students uh, recreate uh, a shot for shot of the original movie. Apparently, this uh, property was created pre-COVID and was pitched to Fox, um, who gave a pilot order, uh, but then it didn't really come about because Fox had decided that uh, Fox had <laughs> decided that uh, that maybe the show was like a tar- like trending a little bit too young for their audience and decided to pass. And the creators. Uh, hit the bricks and have struck a deal uh, with Disney Plus. Uh, so there is going to be uh, a Goonies themed uh, series that will be coming to Disney Plus. Uh, you know, I'm not seeing any information about release date uh, or anything like that, uh, but we'll be curious to see uh, what comes of uh, this property. You know, the original Goonies cast um, at different times in the history. Uh, since the 1985 film, have talked about a uh, direct sequel that was happening and not happening, then happening and not happening, but uh, now that does not seem to be any possibility of that, especially with the passing of Richard Donner. Uh, but we will be curious to see what comes of this Our Time series. Thoughts on this project from anyone? Yeah, go. What do you no! I, I think mean, listen, man. You know, <laughs> like, look, I, I, I've been 
privy to, to some of those rumors of like, oh, we want to do a Goonies thing. We can't get this guy to come in on it. We can't get that guy to come in on it. And I know like some of the ideas for it were like it was going to be the Goonies kids and, you know, there was going to be, you know, them getting roped into some adventure in some, some way. Um, from, from what I'm hearing of this, uh, I think so I think Disney is just fucking they're farming the same damn well that uh that that they pulled the high school musical the musical the series out of. You know, that that's mm. my only issue with it. I mean, here we have a fucking bunch of kids that are are going to make a shot for shot remake of, you know, a movie from from the 80s. Okay, well, high school the musical the musical the series is about a bunch of kids in the high school that are going to make a musical about the musical of their fucking high school's name. So it's like they're, they're just trying to fucking hit that 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 you know that lightning twice, and I don't know, man. It's it's the fucking goodies, uh, you know. Uh, are there plenty of things I've liked Disney doing when they they brought shit back? Yeah, I've liked the Mighty Ducks game changers. You know, it, uh, it, it was a fun series. I've liked everything they've done with the Marvel shit. I've liked you know things that they've done with the Star Wars stuff. Um, so can they do something good with this? Yes, they can. And am I going to be a little bit quick to judge because it's the Goonies? Yes, very much so. Because I just, I don't know, it's the Goonies. You know what I mean? Like, like leave it alone. Yeah. It's a standalone film. It doesn't need anything else, at, especially at this point. You know, if it, it's, it doesn't need a sequel. It's just gonna, it's just gonna hurt. And if it's gonna be a fucking shot-for-shot remake, you know, or a storyline based on a shot-for-shot remake, well, they better have some damn fucking damn good kid actors to, to fill in these roles, too, because I think that's kind of the thing that you got right now, too, that you kind of have, uh, at least, you know, no, nothing that I'm seeing as far as child actors in the moment that, uh, that, that fit that same mold as the kids that, that, that were in that film. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I knew those Lucky, kids from think? other things. Lucky, aside from no, which you emphatically said, what do you think about uh, our time? Yeah, again, leave it alone. It's like if you're going to sit there and try and keep telling the story. I thought they had a good idea with, again, the original cast being the parents and the kids going on an adventure. Like that at least, you know, was passable to, to some degree as, a, as opposed to this where, like, they're not even trying. They're just rehashing and using the name. And, um, yeah, you know, the ghoul said, you know, high school, the musical, the musical, you know, while I was thinking more, you know, oh, wow, you know, we're going to glee territory, you know, with this kind of shit. Um, same thing where it's just, yeah, just leave it alone <laughs> and move on. Again, as we always say, you know, you, you're Disney with Disney money. How about you give us some new projects? Brand new projects. Yeah. No, I, well, I don't forget, um, this was a project that was sold to Disney. This was not a Disney-created project. Right. Yeah, it was sold to them because Fox said it's too too kid-friendly or whatever, too safe or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the title was misleading when you read that article where it's like, oh, Goonie series on the way from Disney+. Plus. like, oh, cool, they're going to get the band back together. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, like we were talking about, they were going to call the movie The Groonies because of how Data pronounces Goonies, and it was all going to be about the parents and the kids having an adventure. But I don't know. For me, just get Corey Feldman play Data, to play his character Mouse again. For some reason, Corey Feldman just shows up, and he's playing that character again. Like, there's no kid that could fill that role, so he's like, all right, I'll step in. I'll watch it then. <laughs> I see how I went that. 
It's like Corey Feldman. Yeah. yeah. There's only one person who can play mouth. <laughs> That's kind of the truth, man. You know, and unfortunately too, though. <laughs> and I've always, I've always felt it about that movie. And you know, obviously learning about more of what happened on the cutting room floor with the original Goonies. There was a hell of a lot more mouth involved in the movie, hence why his name was fucking Mouth. But, you know, realistically yeah. speaking, when you watch the Goonies now, except for that sequence with fucking Conchetta or whatever her name was, the fucking oh, name, yeah. there, really, there really isn't all that much mouth in the movie for, for a character named no. Mouth. He's got a couple lines here and there, but, you know, realistically speaking, he's not much of a mouth. No, he's not. He, he's kind of in the background for a lot of it. Yeah, the, when he's talking to the maid, he's translating everything in Spanish about how she's going to be trapped mm-hmm. in the attic with cockroaches. And this is where the cocaine goes <laughs> in that drawer. Like, <laughs> it's a great scene, but yeah. Fucking torture Other than that, he's kind of in the background. Sexual torture devices. <laughs> yeah. um, but, Dean, what do you think about it? I mean, you know, what do you think about this new series? So, uh, it's, an interest, it's an interesting thought, man, because you all know that when it comes to this kind of stuff, like I'm the first one to say fuck remakes and blah, 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 blah. And obviously of course this is not a remake, but I think this is an interesting project because I feel that the ones that have transitioned from uh, like beloved films or beloved film series to like a continuation or reboot or revival in like a limited series uh, in more cases than not have been pretty, uh, have been some, some, there's been some quality material uh, and some exceptional material. Like, look, we're all gearing up for just a fucking short couple of days' time, really. Uh, well, two weeks, essentially, to, for the fucking season four of Cobra Kai, which uh, yeah. I don't know about you, but, like, well, I do know because we talk about it all the time, how fucking excited we are for that and how, yeah. it, how it just keeps getting better and better. Uh, from a movie series of where, you know, the first two films are excellent, and then, you know, the third film, you know, we all love to varying degrees, but be all things being fair and equal is Mac and by cheese. far uh, a humongous <laughs> step down from the first two films. Uh, it's an interesting concept. I, who knows if this, they're going to somehow uh, figure out a way to shoehorn in original uh, cast members, if that's a possibility. Uh, I'll be curious to see what happens with it, you know, like, it's it's not something that I'm going to be like, oh, man, uh, you know, I can't wait for this. Uh, my excitement right. for it uh, will not be high. Uh, my excitement for the Mighty Ducks Game Changers was higher than it will be for this. Uh, mm-hmm. Goonies is one of those uh, because, you know, once the Mighty Ducks ended uh, and the films ended, you know, it wasn't a, ever a thing where people were like, oh, maybe there's going to be another one or a, a reboot right. or whatever. Like, Goonies coming out in 1985, like, forever there's been talk of a sequel and, you know, mm-hmm. and tying it back to a property from a similar era. And, yes, I have not yet seen uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, but, like, that's another one that, like, Forever and ever and ever, Ackroyd has been trying to get another, a third film and a third film. And, yeah. You know, it just, it just reached the point of seeming like desperation uh, in some ways to, like, get it done. Like, I got nothing else going on. I got to put everything I can to try to get this project happening. I don't know if it's to that extent with Goonies as far as the original cast. But, like, at some point, probably around 10 years ago, uh, there was, like, a little bit of a swell that, like, maybe there was going to be a sequel with the cast. Yeah. Uh, it never came mm-hmm. about. It didn't happen, and it's not happening. 
uh, it'll be, I'll, I'll be curious to see how it shakes out. I certainly will check this one out upon its release. I yeah. think one um, of the things that, like, you kind of hit the nail on the head with, sorry, King, if I can interject, and then we'll get your, your take on it, too. Um, no, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, like you said, like the Mighty Ducks, like that, that ended, and they're, you know, I mean, you got to remember, we have the Mighty Ducks, D2, and then the, the third Mighty Ducks movie. By the time the third Mighty Ducks movie rolled out, I think the whole it was duck over. phenomena had kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it really kind of fucking ground yeah. to all halt. <laughs> Shit got it's like, really you know, it went from film. being... It went from, like, a bunch of scrappy fucking kids who came together to become, like, a decent hockey team to them being on a world <laughs> stage. But it became more about, like, almost American Gladiator-style silliness at that point, too, where you had kids with the fucking knuckle puck and other clowning mm-hmm. shit, you know, whereas I love the first one. movie because, oh, uh, yeah, I know, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that kind of built up towards, like, the third movie, you know what I mean? Like, by the time you get the third movie, shit got real outlandish. Um, like, the things that I love about the first Ducks movie is that, you know, realistically speaking, like, yeah, are there silly things in it? Of course. You know, Fulton's fucking slap shot is something that's absurd. But yet, at the same time, it just kind of still felt somewhat, like, plausible in, like, you know, in this disgrounded reality, whereas other shit just kind of fucking got weird. With the Goonies, though, my big issue that I think is going to be the hard thing to swallow with it is almost like a Halloween three-esque type of deal we're dealing with Mm -hmm. a world in which the goonies is a fictional world it's a fictional movie so when they bring in kilu kwan he's going to come in as kilu kwan not as data because data was a character you know and that is kind of a bit of a turnoff because like all right like sure these kids are going to be trying to make you know this movie and they're going to end up on an adventure of their own well, then you know what? Why bother turning it into a fucking Goonies project to begin with? Why not just make it its own original property and not try Absolutely. to fucking drag nostalgic just because, like, hey, it might get a couple more people to fucking watch the series? Well, that's the only way they'll get people to watch their series, the way that, uh, you know, with the saturation it's- of properties out there. Yeah, that's, that's They've good. got a shit ton of stuff, though, man. So it's, they can put out new shit and kids like it. I mean, they're, come on. Like, they, they make new shit all the time. Encanto is like the, the number one or number two fucking movie out there right now. And that's a completely new original Disney fucking project. You know, so, so they, they mm-hmm. still make shit that's their own thing. So I just, I just wish they'd stop trying to fucking heap off of other shit and leave our shit alone. Yeah. Well, that's what it all goes back to, like the, the Dean and the Ghoul making great points about it, where it's like uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Cobra Kai, and the series. You know, you're getting the band back together for these movies and these series. You know, the people that we yeah. remember, the people that we like, you're getting them back together, and you're putting them in a new story, and it's original, and it's fun, and it's like, where are they now? You know, and that's what you want to see. And that's why the anticipation for this Goonie series is kind of low because, like the Google said, they're not playing the characters in the movie. They're playing themselves if they show up. You know, it's going to be, well, them going, oh, okay, that's great. That's great. I was in that movie, and you got my full support. I can't wait to see what you guys make. Unlike Mighty Ducks and Ghostbusters and, and Cobra Kai where they actually bring the characters and, you know, and play it out and see how it works. That's why those movies work for me, and that's why the Cobra Kai works for me because, yeah, I kind of want to see where Johnny Lawrence is now. I want to see how Daniel Russo is doing with his Miyagi Dojo. 
You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not like we're going to make Cobra Kai, but we're going to show you uh, this making of Cobra, uh, Karate Kid with kids in it. You know, it's like, no, I don't want to see that. I want to see these characters come back. Yeah, no, precisely. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I want to see where's Mikey today. Yeah. You know? Um, mm-hmm. Where's Brand? You know, where, where's Chunk? You know, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't want to... You know, I don't want to know what Sean Astin's doing. Like, I know he was in fucking Stranger <laughs> Things a couple of years ago, you know? I, I know that you're in, Rudy. Uh, you know, you're in the Hobbit, you're in the Hobbit movies and shit like that. Um, you know, so that, that, that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing, too, you know? Like, I, you know what, is Josh Brolin going to roll up and be like, yo, I don't have time for this shit because I was fucking Thanos? You know, I can eliminate you all <laughs> with a snap of my fingers because I'm fucking inevitable? No, or, or on cable, I could be doing this with Deadpool instead. Oh my God, was that Jonah Hex that just drove by? <laughs> oh, don't remind him of that. Oh, Jonah Hex, goddamn! But well, I, mean, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I just it's one of those things where it's like it's not really a Goonies series. It's kind of like the High School, the Musical, the Musical, you know, on Disney Plus. So we'll see what happens with it. But all right, Dean, what else do you got? Uh, so. Fresh off the news that Bruce Campbell, due to the physical demands of the character of Ash, uh, telling us that he simply can't play the character of Ash anymore uh, because of the physical toll, uh, has said that with the upcoming uh, February 2022 release of Evil Dead the Game, not only uh, will be voicing the character of Ash, there is going to be every possible different version of the character of Ash, of which he will be voicing all of them. Uh, He says it's the only form uh, that he can come back in uh, because of the multiple uh, multiple physical uh, challenges with performing the character. Uh, Evil Dead the Game, of course, uh, is going to uh, have both a multiplayer session as well as a single-player pursuit as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That makes me want to get a console. You know, I tell you guys in the group chat, these fucking games keep coming out. Um, makes me want to get a console. Evil Dead and, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre was just announced by Gun Media. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a good year for video games, I think. It's like, damn, and Wolverine. Well, if, yeah. you, if you do get the console, <laughs> wait it out and get yourself a PS5. As there are Speaking of console, uh, turn, turn your attention here. to the group Turn your attentions to the group chat. Uh, speaking of... Oh, consoles. he got it. All right. Hey, look at you. Jeez. Look at me. The, that, it's still in the box. PS5. I haven't looked it up yet, but I have it. So, yeah. Uh, Listen, if, if we can all roll that, the PS5. We got one. Yeah, you know, like, so, so monkey now. We just got to fucking, you know, start cobbling together, like, a GoFundMe for you, and we can uh, we can try to get you a PS5. Uh, we'll be all uh, we'll be all set. <laughs> Yeah, you could wander around your town uh, selling French baguettes, monkey. I have none to sell. I send them all to your house. (laughs) Yeah. No, it it, it definitely. I mean, I I don't know if you had that in your news, Dean, about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the game. But, yeah, I was like, i got to get a PS5 uh, now. (laughs) You know, it's funny that you say that because Uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the video game uh, from Gun Interactive, uh, it's been announced that Kane Hodder, 
has done all of the motion capture work already to uh, to perform as the character of Leatherface. Interesting. Nice. So uh, Kane yeah. Potter, uh, who did the stunt work for the character of Leatherface back in 1990s Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, uh, so it will right. not be his first. It will not be his first dalliance. Uh, in the world of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but uh, Kane Hodder has done all of the motion capture work, and he said that uh, his performance is a tribute uh, to the late Gunnar Hansen. Oh, yeah, got to be. Yeah, I, I don't know. Saw the, the trailer. I posted it on the Talking Terror page. I know that the cook and the hitchhiker are going to be a part of it, so I just, I just can't wait to see it. But it looks like this one's just going to be multiplayer, so I was like, ah, they're not going the Evil Dead way <laughs> you know, and, and making a single-player campaign, so... Uh, I'll have to figure that out. <laughs> Got to get a PS5 first. <laughs> mm-hmm. But as soon as I oh, saw that, show. I was like, oh, this is it. Like, you know, like I told you guys about the like, Wolverine game and Evil Dead, I was like, yeah, I, I really do want to get a, a system. That would be a lot of fun. Then I saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was like, oh, fuck, it's on. It's fucking on. <laughs> like, you know, like, I got to get it. I got to get the system now. Well, the Wolverine man, game being a fucking it. PlayStation exclusive, too, man, is a uh, oh, seller right there, man. Yeah. Yeah, I just, just that trailer alone, you know, seeing that pool on 306A and Leatherface showing up in the basement, I was like, oh, shit, it's going to be great. It's going to be fucking great. <laughs> you know, it's going to be like the movie you never got, like, you know, going back to the house. But, uh, you yeah, know, we'll see how it turns out. You know, gameplay trailers tend to not always be the actual mm-hmm. gameplay footage, so we'll see. But, yeah, just to see the, the chainsaw revved up again. This is going to be fun. I'm going to be a gamer again <laughs> one day. <laughs> you know, I only have two games, Evil Dead <laughs> and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's it. Only two games. And Wolverine. <laughs> and Wolverine and maybe WWE 2K22 if they could turn around what they did with the last one, which was a fucking oh. mess. Uh, like I said, like I was telling Dean, man, you know, unfortunately, they, one of the big issues Legend. that that like Legend. I've had, there's only so there's only so many games you can have on your damn system anyway, because they fucking, mm-hmm. especially with the PlayStation, they take up so much damn hard drive space. Like I, God, yeah. I, I literally, I deleted Call of Duty today off of my PlayStation just because I I don't play it, and it literally that game with all of its updates. Deleting it freed up over 250 gigabytes of space on my fucking hard drive. Like the system, co- the system comes out, it's got one terabyte that you, you get. But they take over mm. 200 gigabytes just for system information alone. Yeah. You know, not for nothing. If the thing's coming with a fucking terabyte of hard drive space for you to save your games, you couldn't have made it like, let's say, a terabyte plus 250 gigabytes for your system shit. Like, come on, man. You're fucking telling people they're getting a terabyte, but then you're taking over 200 right off the rip. I had literally six games on my PlayStation 5 because that's all I can have on that system at any fucking given time because of the size and scale, specifically because Call of Duty has fucking 100 gigabyte updates on a regular basis, which just doesn't fucking make any sense. Yeah, but whatever. It's out the fucking door. Fuck you, go. <laughs> Suck you All right, Dean, what's next? What do you got? So, uh, M. Night Shyamalan. A lot King of irons in the fire, as we know. But uh, just, uh, in over a, just over a month's time on January 21st of 2022, we'll see the third season of his show Servant 
uh, hit Apple TV, uh, but ahead of the debut of the third season, uh, it was just announced that there is going to be a fourth season of Servant, but it's also been announced that the fourth season of Servant will be the final season. Uh, I myself have not seen one minute of this series, because I don't have Apple TV, but uh, but there you have it in the world of M. Night Shyamalan. We watched a little bit of it. Uh, We watched some of Servant. We we didn't finish the first season. Like, we were liking what we were seeing, but again, we just such a, just so much shit that we're constantly trying to, like, cycle through that I I think we start Mm -hmm. and don't finish more things than we ever fucking actually finish. Um, Except Love Island. We need to get back to. (laughs) Except for, for, that's so mindless that it sits sits in the background so we don't have to pay attention. Um, (laughs) It's it's another thing with that. It's not, they got the screensaver package for their TV. (laughs) Well, like right now, we're we're watching like another, uh, you know, we watched another episode of Dexter, but we're like three more episodes behind on that. Started watching that Yellow Jacket series that's on right now. So, so, you know, like I've got to catch up on that. I actually very enjoyable to, to be honest with you. I'm yeah. really, really digging it. So <laughs> it I think I've got two episodes of that now. Um, and then on oh. Apple TV also, there's a new series called Invasion. Um, that I, I don't know if it's still ongoing or if it just wrapped its first season. Uh, obviously, you know, oh. with the title like Invasion, it's got something to do with aliens coming down. I have not figured out yet though if it is kind of a take on the Invasion of the Body Snatchers type of deal. Uh, we haven't gotten that far in. We're two episodes in, but it's very enjoyable. Um, so, again, like if you have Apple TV, that and the Servant series. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of good things about the other stuff know? that's on there. It's just I have so much fucking streaming shit that I don't have time to look at everything. Yeah. How do you know that it's going to be an alien invasion? How do you know it's not like one country invading another country? Because the shit came from outer space, Dean. I'm two episodes in, so I do know some of the shit that's going on. Uh-huh. The Russians from outer space. <laughs> yes, and they're and, fucking and they brought their dog with them. Creatures. Oh, it's Cosmo. It's got a set. It's got a. Uh, it's the, the cast is really diverse. Uh, Sam Neill is one of the, the leads in it. It's a little bit weird because I know Sam Neill is always having like an accent, and he's kind of like trying to play like a Wisconsin or, like, fucking mid Midwestern oh. style, just fucking straight up, like, like, sheriff. So, like, he has no foreign accent whatsoever, like, nothing English, wow. no Australian sound to him at all, and it's just, it's jarring. It's weird because he, like, he looks old and grizzled. He looks great, but, like, he's just, he's talking funny, you know what I mean? And it's like, I just want him to have his accent so that I know it's really him. Because he just has that weird southern accent, you know, and to him playing a Wisconsin cop, I would love to see that. To hear that Wisconsin cop. accent. He's like, oh, you know, we're going to go over there. We're going to go have a moose head over at the bar, you know. And then have some cheese because the Packers are on that. TV. It, it might be Kansas. It might be Kansas. <laughs> I forget where. The, the fucking story, it jumps through a lot of different perspectives. So, like, you're all over the world. Like, you're in Afghanistan one minute, you're in. You know, mm. Japan, the next, uh, you're, you're on the International Space Station for a little bit. Um, so, uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's, very, it's very interesting and very well performed. All right, so that's cool. one to check out. Apple TV. All right, Dean, what's next? What do you got? Oh, let's find out. That's a very good question. I can't wait. Please. The monkey should be so happy to know 
that there is going to be a brand oh, okay. new Phantom <laughs> of the Opera adaptation coming from Universal, uh, based on the Jackson <laughs> novel. Uh, this film is going to be set in contemporary New Orleans. Uh, producers oh. include John Legend through his Get Lifted film company. So uh, production nope. going into production sometime in the near future, but no release date, uh, cast or director information at this time. Uh, but there's going to be a modern day take on the Phantom of the Opera taking place in New Orleans. So what? Are they trying to sit there and redo the musical, or are they trying to redo the original movie? It's, well, it says that it's based on a novel. Okay. Which uh, the musical was based on, so it could be the book yeah. you know, that they're doing. So. Well, see, that, that's Just why the, you got me worried, man, because you're saying John Legend is involved, and that means you know, that music is involved. Yeah. So there's going to be a cover of All of Me on there? A John Legend? The Phantom of He's the, be the Phantom. by Gaston Leroux. Leroux, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty famous one. Yeah, but setting it in the French Corner, you know you're going to get a lot of Cajun. Yeah. <laughs> Down like, in the bayou. <laughs> we in the bayou, baby, yeah. And there's a Phantom coming around the theater. Oh, we got to find that Phantom, and we got to make him pay for what he's doing, y'all. I was like, man, <laughs> do it. <laughs> for it. And the Phantom just says, like, oh, I want you. I want you to come down to my cave and see the music that I play. <laughs> Until Candyman shows up and then it's like, oh, shit. This shit just got fucking real. <laughs> oh, Candyman 2 shows up. <laughs> That's Danny Robitaille. Have you seen my paintings? <laughs> oh, yes, Danny Robitaille. I do like your paintings. We could be together and kill people. <laughs> I don't. I don't work in the team. Sorry. Oh, you're missing an opportunity. <laughs> you want to go get some? <laughs> Would you like to get some shrimp po' boys? And we can go to my cave and play some music together with some shrimp po' boys. I would very much like that. <laughs> sure, let's do it. I got nothing else to do. Thanks, John. So, that's a very good question, and I am here to tell you, uh, tis the season, uh, because uh, coming after the season, in January of 2022, uh, it's me, Billy, Black Christmas Revisited, uh, the all-encompassing book that is going to cover all three Black Christmas films from 19... Uh, 70s and from 2006 and the Black Christmas from 2019 uh, written by Paul Downey and David Hastings Uh, this uh, complete accounting of the Black Christmas films is going to include interviews with the cast and crew uh, plus all kinds of comprehensive information uh, that if you are a fan of this series uh, you will be wanting to get your hands on. Uh, It's being released by Bloody Fix and Bear Manor media there's going to be a hardcover edition there's going to be a paperback edition as well as an e-reader edition uh at the time of press i was unable to track down any information as far as page count and cost but if you were a fan of the black christmas uh movie world uh you will have a chance to read all about it yep that's definitely all about it Interesting that they were, I mean, that's coming out on uh, January 28th. It's interesting to me that they didn't get this out in time for Christmas. Uh, 
Uh, but who knows? Yeah, you think that it's probably something holding them up where they can't get it out. So I know it's taking release next year, but uh, you know, I've, I've been looking into it. it out. You know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's always a problem. It really is, but you know. So yeah, January twenty twenty two. It's the worst when you got to really go bad. You know what I mean? And you try to get you like fucking zip it down, and you fucking like starting to fumble around with it. Like when you know when like you have that like fucking instantaneous like you go from like zero to like oh fuck it's like coming out of my dick type of moment. Like yeah, that's a bummer, man. Hmm. Sometimes you spray a little in your fucking undies. Nah, it never happens to you. Yeah. Ah, Dean, no, because Dean has plenty of time because you know he watches you know. Five-minute movies on his phone while he's having to use the restroom at work. I do. Does he? Yeah. Well, what about that app that you downloaded and then the, they went to shit because of their oh, <laughs> short films at number. Oh. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey! I I will maintain a hundred percent that uh, Fifty States of Fright uh, was was just delightful anthology viewing. Um, I watched all of the episodes that had been put out, and I would put it on par as as being as enjoyable or more enjoyable than the first season of the Creepshow series. Mm. So I stand by my statement. That's the only thing that I watched on that service, but I thought it was really well done. Stand by your man. <laughs> stand by your opinions and your man. No, that's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else do you have for us, Dean? Uh, we talk so much about the streaming world and all of that stuff, uh, and it's looking like uh, Universal Movies uh, has cut some kind of streaming action that would bring... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize for stumbling over my words. Uh, Universal okay. Movies uh, will be able to hit... Uh, the Peacock streaming service a mere 45 days after hitting the theater. Uh, and this, uh, this includes news that Universal is going to be adding uh, a very large amount of films to Peacock, including titles from Universal, Focus Features, uh, Illumination, Illumination? Something? Maybe yeah, yeah, DreamWorks. DreamWorks and uh, DreamWorks yeah, yeah, Animation. Uh, as well. Uh, so it uh, looks like uh, there's been some partnership there as is starting to happen all across the streaming world and a whole shit ton of stuff is going to be uh, hitting Peacock uh, sometime in the very near future. They need it. <laughs> yeah, they do. I, uh, maybe, uh, maybe they get some new subscribers, they can fix their glitching problem. <laughs> that's kind of what I, I've heard a lot of. Uh, yeah, that, that 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 the streaming service as a whole is not doing all that great. They uh, they are certainly certainly probably loving the fact that they got that WWE deal done when they did because I would say that the a vast majority of that user base has Peacock simply because of fucking having to to watch WWE programming on there. Yeah, and I, mean, yeah, I get it for free agreed. through my my cable package, so I'm good. I don't pay any extra to have Peacock Premium, so I'm good. One good uh, thing my cable package has. <laughs> the one good thing. Yeah, I, I, I would not have Peacock if it if it was not the only way for us to fucking be able to watch those WWE pay per views and and all get to to hang out and yeah. chat in the fucking group chat together for them. Oh how exciting! <laughs> 
Yeah. And I, I dig it a lot. We got day one coming up on New Year's Day, so the next big pay per view that we have to talk about. We'll see what transpires there. But yeah, it's the mainly only thing that I use Peacock for is WWE. Like I, I watch pay per views, I watch the programming, and then Halloween Kills is on Peacock, so I watch through there after I Not disappointingly watch it in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, should yeah, be off of Peacock now. I know uh, that uh, yeah, released today, the, I released the, the uncut edition or fucking extended edition or whatever it is is available to like sell, uh, to buy on like digital format now. I have not gotten it yet, so if I see it, I'll let you know. Yeah, well, no, I'll I, be looking I, forward I, to you telling us. I bet I saw you. So the are. extended cut is available, and, and people are are loving it, the fans of it. So I, you know, hmm, yeah, I'll just wait till it comes out in physical. I'm a glutton for punishment. I'll add it to my collection. Just like Halloween 2018 that I haven't watched since I bought it. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just have to have it. I'm a completionist. So even if I fucking hate the movie, I'll just add it to my collection. That's my reason for getting kills at this point. It's just because I have Halloween yep. 2018 on my Xbox. <laughs> so, like, you know, <laughs> by contrast, I do have to have its sequel. And eventually yeah. it's 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 third film as well. Halloween ends, yeah. I mean, I have a copy of Halloween Resurrection on my shelf. Do I watch it? Nope, but I'm a completionist, so I have to have it in my collection. Doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> Dude. It just means that I have a complete still, series. Still in the wrapper. <laughs> yep. Well, no, that's the other copy. I have two copies of that. I have the Blu-ray and the DVD. The Blu-ray is in that. <laughs> yeah which is fine, you know, because that's the way I am. And the monkey has seen my multiple copies on my shelf. Why do you have these? I don't know. They got new episodes. <laughs> that I'm not going to watch. But you don't like them. They got them. Yeah. It has the alternate commentary. It's got the fan commentary on it. I got to get that one. <laughs> we all know. We all know it's a problem, but it's fine. It's a good problem to have like my ever-growing book collection, where it's like, okay, I'm officially running out of space. And he will not buy bookshelves. <laughs> no, because I, I don't feel like fucking having to deal with carrying him up three flights of stairs. I'd rather just keep putting books everywhere that I can find the space. I'd rather just deal with it that way, because I just, I just got four more books, you know, for my collection, and there's going to be more to come. Even when Marie came over the last time, she was like, get yourself some bookshelves. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I'll just keep building. Or you just do that good. as your interior, or you do that as your decoration design, and you just start stacking books against the wall, like the Ghostbusters have freestanding book stacks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no normal person would do this. I would, Peter, because <laughs> I have so many books I don't know what to fucking do with. That's all right. It's a good problem to have. You can never have too many books. You can never have too many movies. <laughs> I'll just I'll, I'll live like it. All right. What else do you have for team? What, what do you got? So it seems that uh, the co-writer of Spiral from the Book of Saw, Ooh. Josh Stolberg, uh, has said that he is just about done wrapping up uh, the script for a sequel to Spiral. And uh, the statement that he made that has fans of this series all abuzz is that uh, fans of John Kramer are going to be very, very, very happy. Uh, hope so. <laughs> Spiral is not very good. 
I had I had hopes for that one, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for those movies, so I'll see it no matter what. But yeah, they they dropped the ball with Spiral. You got you got to have Tobin Bell. You know that's his series. He's like the Freddy Krueger of Saw, and you can't have a Saw movie without John Kramer in it. And Spiral decided to go a different direction. That's why I wasn't a fan of it. But if he wants to put John Kramer back in the next one, yep, you got my ticket. I'll go see it. Yeah, but Jigsaw is terrible. It kind of defeats the purpose of his his purpose if the character yeah. continues to exist. I mean, isn't the idea that life is beneath <laughs> and does. that's why he's doing what he's fucking doing. So if he continues to live, you know, like, I don't know. I always thought like one of like, at least the smart things that they did with it is the character actually died, or at least I thought he did. Because, like, I'm not sure <laughs> like like in other movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so, well, like I said, I've gotten to like four or five and I just, every time, yeah. like I start petering out by that point. I'm like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm done. Anything out? Yeah, well, penis out. It's, yeah, well, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, the character died in three, but you could still tell his stories. Like, you can go back, you know, and you could do flashes to what he was doing before he died. There's plenty of story there. It's not like all of a sudden in part three he's dead. Where do we go? It's like, well, you could always have Jigsaw be there. You know, they, they try throughout the series to do it and to lesser and demeaning uh, returns. But you know, even Jigsaw, which is a terrible fucking movie, at least it included him in it. And it's like, okay, well, there he is. Okay, cool. You know, we're, we're getting Tobin. You know, it's going to be fun. You know, and it's spirals. Like, let's just take that idea and go in a completely different direction. It's like, no, no, you, you got to keep it that way. You, gotta, you don't fuck with the formula. What could happen to New Coke? They're like, yeah, let's <laughs> fuck with the formula. Everyone's going to love it. And then New Coke sucked. And they're like, oh, we'll go back to the classic. It's like, that's what you got to do. You got to stick to the classic. You got to stick to what works. And having him in yeah, that movie I, works. Yeah, but I also see exactly where the cool is coming from because, again, the teachings that are supposed yeah. to be going on through these movies and passing it on, and then it's supposed to be a growing and growing movement. It, you know, so you ought to be able to sit there and not have you know j- just the main character. It ought to be able to split off into multiple, multiple characters, and then you have several, several different stories about Saul. Well, the problem is that they don't really make interesting characters. You know, and that's, that's always been the, the, the problem with the Saw movies is that you have the disciples of Jigsaw picking up where he left off, but they're not that interesting. They're not that exciting. They're not people that you want to follow. Like, Hoffman was okay, Casas Mandalore's character, um, but all the other disciples, it's like, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's fine, but they're not Tobin Bell. So it, it's kind of hard to write an interesting character when you already have Tobin Bell playing John Kramer, and he's vastly interesting and you want to hear more about him so they give you more of him you know but it's just the disciples need to be just more interesting and and damaged and creative and that's where they kind of they don't know what to do like we talked about last week Weatherface like yeah you got Weatherface he's a great character but you can't really write him it's kind of hard you know so let's just create characters around him that are 10 times more weird and psychotic and scary and then we'll have Weatherface show up with a chainsaw. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's difficult. So I could see where yeah, they would well, make the himself into a corner. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have much of a pathos because he's supposed to be your big, brutish, heavy character. So he doesn't have to mm-hmm. say much. Yeah. He just needs to carve fuckers up. Um, so, yeah, you yeah. have to surround mm-hmm. him with, you know, 
interesting characters, I guess. You know what I mean? It all depends on how you wanna how you wanna show it. If you wanna make it about a unrealistic, zany, insane family, well then that's what you do. If you wanna show it about a be a bunch of fucking somewhat backwoods ish you know, group of people that were doing whatever they had to do to survive, which I think is the smarter way to do it. Well, I mean, you can do that oh, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a smart way to do it. And then they, it would saw they bring in Carrie Elways again as Dr. Gordon, as a disciple of Jigsaw, and they barely use him. They, they, he shows up in the final chapter, and you're like, oh wow, like we're going to get him as a disciple now, having survived the trap. Spoiling it, bro. I mean, he just kind of. Oh, come on. You know, yeah, great. the movie's been out for years. You know, I'm not going to tell you how he shows up, but it's been out for years. So I could spoil it. But it, it's under you. Well, now Either I know way. he survived at the end of the first movie. They always say he survived. You know, for all I know, he could have, for all I know, he could have fucking bled to death. Remember, he walked out after cutting his foot off. And he was looking mighty pale. No, but they, they already spoiled English. it in part four where they said he survived. <laughs> They're like, he survived and he disappeared. Like, I fucking remember part four. <laughs> well, there you go. Pick yourself up, man. <laughs> I've watched it like three times now, man. Every I know. I fucking do. It's like, I, I remember watching it and I'm like, oh, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. And then I'm like, I don't like this. This is why I don't finish it. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> it's because you're there for the traps. And at the end of the day, you're there for the traps and that's it. So. You know, it's for me. It's, it's more so the traps, also with with Tobin Bell playing such a great character. But you know, yeah, they 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 say it in dialogue that he survived and that he's fine and he just disappeared. But when he shows up in the final chapter, you, you kind of want more. They don't give you more. They don't really give you enough of an explanation. So it's fine. And then nothing Damn with man. Jigsaw, nothing with, with Spiral. So all right. So Dean, what else do you have? That's a very good question, Tim. But I'm going to tell you. That uh, Mike Flanagan, uh, who's had a run of oh, successful, uh, a run of several successful <laughs> yeah. uh, series on Netflix, uh, is currently working. And uh, we mentioned—I might have mentioned this at some point before—but I have more information uh, on a Fall of House, Fall of the House of Usher uh, series for Netflix. Uh, he says that. Uh, he is currently rounding up the cast uh, that his fall of the House of Usher is going to be drawn from multiple different Edgar Allan Poe stories. And he says that it is going to be blood-soaked and wild, a brush fire, an explosive, aggressive, rock and roll, over-the-top, violent and insane and horrific as anything he has done. And current That's exactly cast members how you imagine in- Poe. Uh, current cast members <laughs> include uh, Mark Hamill, Carla Gugino, Frank Langella, Henry Thomas, Kate Siegel, Zach Guilford, uh, otherwise known as quarterback Matt Saracen, state championship quarterback Matt Saracen, as well as uh, Annabeth Gay. <laughs> so uh, be on the lookout for uh, Follow the House of Usher. Uh, coming to Netflix hopefully sometime in 2022. Okay, wait. Okay, so a, a, a lot of the people that he's he's worked with with his past projects. Uh, Mark Hamill, I think, is is the new addition out of that though. As far as as far as the name mm-hmm. that he said, I don't think he's been in any of the other stuff. I don't know if he was in Black Mass or no. not, or whatever whatever that was called. Oh, Bly House, Haunting of Bly House. No, 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 no. The other House of Bly Matter. He re- 
No, he recently released that black uh, black market, black man, whatever the hell it was called, man, on uh, Netflix. Well, with the priest. Oh, black mass. Oh, uh, bl- yeah. yeah, that's what I said. Black mass. Black man. blonde. I was like, oh, fly fucking blah blah. Yeah, I like the black oh, house. I was like, that's not that's no, not Stephen no. King and, and Peter Straub. <laughs> oh, I love I love, I would love okay. Black House, man. But they're too busy trying to make the fucking talisman first and foremost. You know, which every know time they start talking about making, they keep talking about uh, it. They keep talking about it, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah, because I watched uh, the Yorkie-thon, Adam Green and Joe Lynch over the weekend. They had Jonathan Shake, who you might know from that thing you do and and Prom Night remake. He said he wants to do Black House. Like that's like his project that he wants to do is a. So I would I would love to see it because that's a fucking great book, you know. But that's a fucking tall order, you know, to make Black House come to life. So if he thinks he can do well, it, I, hey, listen, do it. I think you can do Black House. I think the problem is they're always trying to pull off Talisman, and I think that's the mm-hmm. harder of the two to to really pull off because it's like, do you take that and go childish, or do you take that and kind of go dark because. You know, when you put the two books side by side, even though they're the same world, they're they're very different in their tone. You know, there was, there was a lot of growth that oh, yeah, between King and Straub in that time frame. You know, between those two books. Yeah, there was, and and it's just it's one of those things where you could tell King's part and Straub's part very easily. Mm-hmm. You read uh, both books, <laughs> you can tell where they break and they they come together. Uh, but I, I would love to see that happen. So, uh, Dean, unless you have anything else you want to talk about, I want to get into the movie because we have to dial code Santa Claus. Oh, man. Look at would you just look at the time. And there's so many things to, to talk about. But, uh, oy, 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 whatever should we do? Um, uh, as I look through the stories, there's just not enough time to get to everything. Uh, I will mention uh, very quickly in the fall of 2022 – uh, it's been a long-running series, the first film being absolutely delightful, uh, but the in seventh, the seventh installment of the Bring It On cheerleading movie series is going to be called the Bring It On Cheer or Die. It is going to be the yeah. first non-comedy production in the series, and it is going to be a, uh, a slasher horror film. Uh, production has wrapped on the series, which is going to be on sci-fi. It's going to be following a cheer squad practicing routines overnight in an abandoned school during Halloween weekend, and one by one they fall victim to a deranged assailant. Uh, This will be hitting all non-theatrical platforms as well as sci-fi sometime in the fall of 2022. I'm I'm looking forward to it because it's a Karen Lamb uh, movie. But it's also co-written by Dr. Rebecca McKendry, who was a guest on this very show a couple years ago. Yes, she was. I still keep in contact with. So, yeah, she is co-writing that script, and I I can't wait. She's excited about it. I'm excited about it. So, you know, thick or thin, bring it on as a slasher. Yeah, bring it to sci-fi. I I hope it's great. So to know that she's a part of it is is wonderful, and, and so... We'll see what happens with that, but all right. So moving on, Dean, uh, I think we need to just go ahead and dial code Santa Claus. I think we need to get into Really? It. But I have, like because... seven, I, have like seven, I have like seven more stories, King. That's what next week's for. <clears throat> we have next week. We can rattle them off next week, and we can have fun and talk about them and, and get together with that. But really, we have some deadly games to play in France uh, with Rene Manzor, who directed this movie. So, Dean, if you will... 
the floor is yours. Let, let's talk about it. So let's talk about it, King. All right. Can I do like four more news stories? No, I'm kidding. Uh, so Renee yeah. Manning, <laughs> uh, going back to the eight, late 80s, directed uh, Deadly Games, uh, otherwise known as Dial Code Santa Claus. Uh, and this film follows Thomas, um, a charming young man uh, who longs for nothing more than to see Santa Claus in the holiday season. Uh, but after... Uh, Due to circumstances outside of Thomas's control, uh, a killer dressed as Santa Claus breaks into his house, and Thomas is forced to resort uh, to his wits and skills to defend his home and his grandfather. Uh, so that is the loose plot of Deadly Games, a.k.a. Dial Code Santa Claus. What do you think about it? So... I feel like this film uh, was, like, uh, like really interesting, but I feel like there were some places where it just kind of missed. Uh, one, I feel like the opening sequence, and then other things scattered throughout, maybe whether intentionally or unintentionally, did a really brilliant job of, like, paying tribute to a kid of Thomas's age in the very late 1980s if you were obsessed with American movie culture. Uh, because when that mm-hmm. kid was gearing up in the beginning of the film, talk about a mix of all of the Stallone films, Schwarzenegger films, the Shokusogi ninja films. I mean, this kid had everything going on. And it made me smile so wide because when I think back to the days of myself as a young man playing, like maybe not like pieces of gear on every single ounce of my being, but like that's what I spent my fucking days doing. Uh, like exactly like this kid was doing. Uh, so like that made me smile and, and, and brought wonderful feelings to myself. Uh, I feel overall, though, uh, that, um, you know, this film could have been improved upon through, uh, you know, stronger or more drawn out sequences between Thomas and the killer. So um, I, I, I get the concept. I did some reading that, uh, you know, in some ways this is, what uh, spawned, uh, in some ways, this is what spawned Home Alone, uh, which went on to become, you know, one of, arguably one of the most popular Christmas holiday films ever made. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, entertaining enough, but I feel like some missed opportunities, and, and there was definitely some room for, for, for some more improvement. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Gould, what did you think about Deadly Games, a.k.a. Dow Code Santa Claus? Uh, you know, like, this, I wanted a I wanted to hate this film at first, right? And then, as I watched the movie, I wanted to like it. And ultimately, in the end, I kind of like fell like somewhere in the middle where there were parts of the movie that I enjoyed. There were parts of the film that I absolutely just could not stand at all. Uh, you said too, or whatever. You said that the dean's last pick was going to have the most annoying kid I ever seen in fucking film. I told you that that still went to uh, to, to what's his name from from the movie yeah, Cujo. Uh, you oh, know, Cujo, I think that right. the, Danny Pintaro still holds that top spot. 
Uh, Absolutely. This kid was pretty. This kid wasn't that this kid annoying. Was pretty fucking annoying. He was pretty annoying, dude. Like, and I get what you're saying with the whole like, you know, like what he looks like in this film, especially at the beginning of the movie, is exactly how I always pictured myself looking when I was playing like those kind of things. Except like, you know, the reality is I just had some fucking shitty toy guns and uh, looked nowhere near as cool as this kid did. But you know, it it was an unbalanced film they didn't it felt like they didn't know which way they really wanted to go and i'm glad that uh that uh, like you i did a little bit of light reading on it afterwards and yeah watching this the entire time i'm like holy shit they stole this movie to fucking make home alone because it's exactly what i was thinking the entire time i'm watching it okay all right monkey what do you think about the other games aka Code Santa Claus? <clears throat> yeah with this movie the way it was starting and whatnot um and just seeing pictures from the movie, I was expecting this movie to be spoiled little rich kid that somehow pisses off Santa and then, you know, is trying to sit there and deal with fending off Santa and just being a little shit in this house. Um, and I didn't get that at all. It's like the, the kid that was in this movie, like, he's super fucking sweet, you know, uh, annoying as fuck. But, you know, definitely loves his family, you know, loves his grandfather. And it was, you know, just a, a cute little movie. Like, I, you know, because I was just, expect, you know, again, French, French movie here, you know, and I was like, all right, let's see what happens. And I just kept getting sucked in more and more. And I was like, you know what, this is actually kind of fun, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, I actually ended up enjoying this for, for what it was. Um, but, yeah, I just could when the opening sequence happens, it's like, you know, we'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah, when we get to it, I got shit <laughs> to say. But, yeah, you know, so thanks, Steve, for actually providing some fun, man. Oh, you're welcome. <clears throat> Okay, so um, I heard about this movie because I'm a member of Shudder. Uh, back in 2018, they were talking about this lost French film that was a, a Christmas home invasion movie called Deadly Games, a.k.a. Thou Code Santa Claus. Um, and I watched it back then, and like the goal, I'm kind of middle ground with it, where it, it, it's not a terrible movie. Uh, it does have some entertaining moments, and it also has some pretty bad moments. But overall, it's it's a fun movie to watch, especially when you compare it to Home Alone, um, that came out in 1990, uh, a year after this film was released in '89, um, and to kind of compare and contrast, you know, we're Kevin McAllister versus Thomas, and who's the better character? Um, I think that with Home Alone, yeah, it's it's more entertaining and it's more fun with Harry and Marv, but I think that Thomas is more of a believable kid than Kevin McAllister was, and it might be an unpopular opinion, but I just felt like his balance between being a kid that wants to be Rambo Jr. versus a kid that's terrified of this killer and crying out for his mother when he's on the roof of this big-ass mansion that he lives in, it, it works because that's, it, it's a natural reaction that any kid would have. Like, you know, yeah, you want to be a badass and you want to fight out this guy and you have all this stuff, but at the same time, you just want your mom. And I thought that the, the, the actor that played Thomas really played it well. Mama. Whereas I think, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, Paul. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was just making fun. So. You're good. <laughs> okay. Keep going, so, please. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I just, I had problems with the killer um, that was playing the Santa Claus because, it, you know, it's like on one hand, yes, he's a killer and you see him kill people, but at the same time, he just seems like he just wants to have fun. 
and like like play hide and seek in a way where he doesn't understand mm-hmm. where it's like I'm I'm killing people and I'm hurting people but at the same time I just want to have fun and play hide and seek. You know, it was like it was a weird he balance wants, of like this killer is he wants to hide his he wants to hide his dick in a kid. That's what he wants to do, man. The guy <laughs> comes off with fucking was, mad mad kid toucher vibes. Yeah, it, it, I, it, it, I don't it, know it, about that though. Um, I'm sorry, King. Well, are you actually? Are you? Are you actually no, done I'm with your no, Go ahead, continue, continue. Yeah, drive on, drive on. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, sorry, King. I didn't mean to interrupt. I didn't know if you were done or not. Um, no, but on. yeah, it's like, but yeah, I wasn't sure so much about you know the touchy feely vibe and all that kind of stuff because, they, except for you know the the weird ass thing on the computer, there were because the rest of it, you know, you know, it was just, you know, he was just me- mentally unstable. But he just wanted to be a big kid, and he just wanted to play. You know that, like he really yeah. just wanted to play. You know, and not not that way. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know because we ha- at the beginning when we have the snowball fight and stuff like that, he he just wants to get involved and just go out there and play. It's like you know, and you know I'm oddly kind of the same way. You put me in a party where there's kids and there's a, adults. <laughs> You know, I'm sorry. I'm going to be in the room playing with the kids and playing with Legos, you know, as opposed to be, uh, being in the room with the adults where they're all talking about the fantasy football. No offense, school. Um, but, yeah, it, I just took it as someone that was very, very mentally unstable but didn't realize how far the game was going and what damage they were causing. Yeah, no, that, I mean, the argument could be made for that, too, you know, where it's like both sides. You can read it both ways. You know, that he is uh, a molester, you know, that wants to, to fuck this kid. Or, you know, he's just mentally unbalanced and just wants to fucking hang out with kids. Like, and he just doesn't know any better, and he just he kills because he's unstable. Um, you know, but it, like Thomas having the, the reign of this big fucking castle mansion that he lives in with his mother Julie and, and Pappy is great. You know, he sleeps in a fighter jet, and he plays with his dog JR, and... They have that great Eye of the Tiger type montage where he's fucking putting paint on his face and he's, you know, he's getting ready to fucking have all the sound effects of war playing because he doesn't really have any friends outside of Pee Wow. So it's like, what else am I going to do? Dude, I was losing my shit during this whole sequence though, man, because like as soon as he woke up and he starts getting ready and shit like that, like all, all I could think of was, no, but all I could think of was, you know, all right. If the Dean was Richie Rich in the 80s, th- this is how he would fucking do it. Every day would be fucking Stallone and Commando getting ready, arming himself with all his fucking plastic <laughs> weapons and getting ready for the day. <laughs> and I was just laughing because I was like, oh, my God, this is the Dean as a kid. <laughs> Probably would be. You know, if he had the cash. <laughs> to live in where he has secret fucking compartments in a gigantic fucking room. Rich Rich style, which is like his playground, where it's like, yeah, my mom doesn't even know about this. Pepe's like, holy shit. Like, you built it? He's like, yeah. You know, kind of my hangout, my chill zone. You know, where I come, this is my dojo where I come to relax. Like, you know, but it's amazing to see what he's built because Julie, his mom, you know, works for the Primtemp store, and she's kind of an absentee mom, you know, where, you know, she's looking Very busy. to take care of her dad, Pappy. You know, but also at the same time, she's just fucking banging rolling. So she's like, hey, man, like, I got stuff to do. It's Christmas. Like, you know, and, and <laughs> take care of yourselves. I'll be back. 
And Pilo, you know, the little fat French friend that he has, he's like, that's it, is not real? And it's fake. And, you know, it totally is. <laughs> and, you know, and the mom's explanation about how Pilo is kind of a dick, and that's why he doesn't believe in Santa anymore. And, and if you believe in Santa, it's fine, because you're a good kid. Pilo sucks. He was like, yeah, that tracks. That, that's something. Right. <laughs> and and, that's, and like, that's why Pilo's parents have to buy all the presents, because Santa doesn't give them any, because he's a little shit. <laughs> Yeah, let me comb my fucking mullet while you tell me about this. That fucking mullet was epic on Thomas. I was like, man, you know, it should be blown in the wind at some point. <laughs> but the whole impetus is that, yes, you have Pappy, the grandfather, and Thomas at home, where Thomas goes on his Minitel computer, because this is 88, and he contacts Santa via this fucking message board. He's like, oh, see, Santa's real. He's, he's, he's messaging me. And I'm just going to go ahead and give him my address, and he's going to show up, and I'm going to put out security cameras, and it's going to be great. And people was like, what if he's a fucking kid toucher, man? Like, what if you're on a <laughs> website? <laughs> you're on a message board for kink, and this guy is going to want to fuck you. And he's like, no, it's Santa. Nothing could go wrong. Something's going to live. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe it's because we didn't have a computer or we didn't use computers all that much in New York. Nope. Uh, yeah, again, I don't know, man. All I know is that in, like, 1989, yep. all I thought computers were for were for, like, a couple of games that uh, I could never fucking play, like Space Quest and King's Quest and shit like that. Yeah, with and, a fucking like, Oregon Trail. Fucking <laughs> and I remember <laughs> fucking, you know, I remember <laughs> in computer class in, you know, in my fucking grade school in, in Staten Island, like, we did this, like, fucking logo thing where you fucking input a bunch of code for a little fucking turtle to, like, draw a picture. And you'd spend, like, fucking 45 minutes of the period fucking typing line after line after line after line in for fucking, you know, the thing to draw a fucking square if you got every single fucking line correct, you know? And it was like, ooh. <laughs> this mother... This motherfucker in, like, 1989, they got, like, the internet over there and shit in France. I'm like, I didn't even know that shit. I didn't know Al Gore invented that already at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Blame it on Al Gore. Why, this kid has a pit boy that has security cams on it that he can look at his grandfather sleeping and all the other hallways. I'm like, yeah, this fucking pit boy. And he's like, boop, boop, boop. Like, you know, and he looks it up. He's like, all right, everything's good. You know? <laughs> Power gloves. I also love how in Primtemps, the store, Julie's like, yeah, it's, it's Christmas Eve. You know what we need to have? We need to have fucking jugglers, and we need to have fire breathers, and we need to have clowns. I'm like, man, they know how to party for Christmas Eve you know, in France. And they're like, well, yeah, yeah. Christmas Eve, how are we going to do it? She's like, just do it. And then you have Jeff with the umbrella. What the fuck does he do? Fuck <laughs> an umbrella, man. When they, yeah, we have Jeff with the umbrella, and we have a clown. Like, you know, she's putting this party together. And the vagrant that becomes our killer Santa, he gets the job at Prince Hems to be Santa with the hood. And he's like, oh, I just want to be Santa and, and put my hands on kids, and it's going to be fun. And you're not Santa. You're not real, pulling off that beard. And then he just straight up smacks the kid in the face. Oh, pimp slaps that little girl. She had an annoying face. <laughs> So then, yeah, Julie's like, you're fired. He's like, that's cool. I'm just going to go over to this kid's house now and fuck with him the entire <laughs> night. It's fine. Um, but before that, I'm going to put on uh, snowball uh, paint, you know, to make fake snow. And I'm going to spray that into my hair and my beard. And you get that little montage of him spraying that into his hair. He's like, yeah, this is great. This is awesome. Like, 
was like, yeah, I don't think he would pass out from the, the fumes of that spray paint can, but no, he was fine. But, yeah, but, but before that, before he shows up, you know, we do see that he is willing to kill because that's when he goes and kills his little, the, the delivery boy for uh, yeah. the company, you know, that was going around giving the Christmas bonuses. Yeah. You know, he, he piles out of the delivery van and he kills the delivery driver and then shows up at the mansion with the uh, the caretakers, Charles and Louise. And they're like, oh, you must have gifts. This is great. And he's like, well, I have the gift of death that I'm going to bestow upon you because <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> you know, because I'm all about Thomas right now. This is going to be great. And, you know, and, and we, we fail to mention it, but Pappy is such a great character because he just believes in everything that, that Thomas wants to say. He's so supportive of him. Like when he talks about to Pappy about how Santa isn't real, and he's like, well, you believe in aliens, right? Like, yeah. Well, you haven't seen an alien, have you? He goes, no. He's like, but you still believe in it? Like, there's nothing wrong with it. And I was like, oh, he's so supportive. Well, <laughs> I'm probably butchering the name, but I love how he brings up, like, Ventagoric and shit like that, you know what I mean? He's like a fucking Julius Caesar fucking guy, you know? <laughs> he was like some, some fucking, like, Celtic or fucking... Gallic fucking warrior or some shit that some people actually theorize is probably like the kid's not wrong. Some people think they just all of the writings about this guy were basically in Julius Caesar's own writing. So some people do theorize that maybe Julius Caesar made the guy up as a means of kind of making him seem like such a great warrior himself because he eventually conquered this guy um, you know, to, to, to take down all the fucking the, the, the Gaulians and shit. So. Is, uh, but it's Gullians. funny to see the kid bring it up. Whatever the fuck they are. Yeah, the Gauls. Gull. You know, the I just wanted to fucking play that Lord of the Rings D&D that he was playing. It comes with the gigantic <laughs> fucking brass ring that you can win at the end. <laughs> I won. And I'm like, wow, what the fuck came this? But that's also the other cool thing about Poppy is that, you know, he is always Hi, willing to play with them and <laughs> not that Poppy, um, but he's <laughs> yeah. o- 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 always willing to play with them and so excited to play, you know, and w- once again, we, on the flip side of our killer, we have, you know, a- another adult who just wants to play with children as well. Yeah, I mean, that's true, true too. It's, it's, it's the flip side of the thing, <laughs> you know. Shut up, Pappy's cool. Gonna, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pappy's Just wants to play with kids as well, huh? <laughs> you know, and... and yeah, it's We're totally going to get busted by to catch a predator by the end of tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I also like the, the fact that they had to have that info drop of Pappy with his diabetes, and he's, like, completely blind. So it's like, he has to take his insulin. Diabetes. You know, and, so many ailments. You do, too. You know, and, and you, I love the vision of Pappy where you can clearly see that he can't see fucking anything. And it plays into the finale where it's like, okay, how? If you can't fucking see anything, but okay, you know, you go with it. You know, it's just that he, he's going to be okay and go to bed for a while while uh, Thomas sets up the, the Santa camps. Like, he's going to capture Santa. And he's going to capture him coming in and prove to everybody that Santa's real. Santa does come. It's just, it's the killer in his sexy little red boots coming down the chimney, and poor little JR has to take a fucking knife to the face. After oh, attack man. Santa. I was like, whoops. I was like, well, we're into it now. Fucking poor JR. I was like, I'm going to cry a little bit. We're into I mean, it now. I mean, like, un- 
Unfortunately, oh, you know, yeah. and this will be quick, man. Unfortunately, this is the only oh, fucking quick. real kill of the fuck of the movie. It you is. know what I mean? Yep. So like that that really is a bummer because like when this happens, I'm like, wow, okay, cool, they went there. Like obviously not cool. I don't want to see a fucking dog die. But the <laughs> fact that like they went yeah. this like this far with it, yeah. it's like all right, yeah. cool. This fucking guy's a psycho. We're gonna see some badass shit. No. No, everything else fucking happens no. off screen. We don't really see any fucking murders. No, no, they just fucking brutalize a fucking dog puppet, and that's about it. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he, he, he kills the dog because he's defending himself, but there's really no other people for him to kill in this movie. Like, we see Louise and Charles later, and they've been killed, but it's like an after effect, where it's like, you don't get yeah. to see him kill those two people. It's just an after effect of, of their bodies um, in the house. So uh, when he comes into the... I, I just got to say, I love the fact that they had a fucking montage for the dog when Thomas is burying my baby. I know, I know. <laughs> he was gearing up to, um, to, like, to, like, fight back, and he's, like, conjuring up his inner feelings, and they have this, the musical montage to his memories of his dog. Man. Yeah, and then you're like, all right, now it's time to fuck some shit up. It was like, I... I was like, oh, man, cue the Rocky song from Rocky IV, where it's like, and there's no easy way out, like, you know, as he's burying his fucking dog and making a makeshift cross while there's, like, a montage of his dog licking his face. <laughs> and that. This, this clearly meant something to him at some time. Um, the other thing that we didn't really mention is that Thomas is really good with cars, knows how to fix them, knows how to make them work, because the one car that they have access to, we see that Thomas knows how to make it work, but... When Killer Santa is running through the house, of course, horror movie, the car doesn't work when he tries to make the engine work. And, you know, because it, it's a Ford. Being, That's why. Yeah, well, okay, well. 19, 1971 Ford Taurin. It's also horror movie logic where if the killer's coming, the car's not going to work. It's like an no. slasher. You have to have the car, it doesn't work. And plus, this kid is John McClaning it throughout the entire fucking movie barefoot. Yep. So he's yep. just another <laughs> one of those things like <laughs> I was talking about in the beginning, man. Uh, yeah, like the beginning with shades of fucking like preparation for mission in both Rambo two and Commando, uh, as well and as Commando. throwing stars in fucking sword, just like uh, just like just like uh, Re- Enter the Ninja and Revenge of the Ninja Ninja three, uh, and then yes, the John McClane barefoot routine, like yeah. it's all right there, man. <laughs> And at it's the same time, we have Julie. they know what they're they know yeah. what they're doing with the character. He's obviously a comment on on American action, you know, films and well, yeah. society yeah. in general. Oh, hell yeah. I'm sure. Oh, I'm yeah. sure if we spoke to the director, he'd have all kinds of fucking artistic ideas about why he did what he did and and all of that. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's uh, it, it's fun to at least see mm. them have called that part. I just wish he was better at mm. either bringing the comedy or at least bringing the horror. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's like they didn't know like where to go with it, you know. Whereas, like I said, Home Alone is kind of a better movie in a lot of ways. Whereas, like they they knew what they were doing, and it was more fun, and it was more of of, of comedic elements. This movie didn't really know where to go with it. Do I do comedy? Do I do horror? Do I do action? Like it was doing all these different things. Um, Julie at this point has tried to call home. There's just no answer, so she's gonna go borrow Roland's car. And, and try to get home and, and constantly calling the snow answer. So she's like, oh, geez, this, what am I going to do? But meanwhile, Thomas is tracking Santa through the house because he has his knowledge of how it, to use trackers. <laughs> he has his alien, he has his alien tracker. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he gets to the point where he has the different codes for the house. So he tries to dial the one code and it locks everything down. All the, the, the iron bars drop across, you know, the windows and doors, locking them all inside of the house, which is fucked up because he didn't mean to do that. But it's the one scene that I actually really did like in this movie where it's, you have the evil Santa running towards him and he's desperately trying to get the code for the trap door, which he got JR into earlier. <clears throat> then he finally gets it and Santa falls through it in a trap and he's like, finally, all right. We can move on because he's definitely not going to be able to get to that one. My dog can't get out of that. This this guy's not going to be able to get out of it. Well, guess what? He can. And we have the, the rooftop chase through the snow. Opposable folks. Where the evil Santa is just constantly just making fun of him and saying, come on, get back in the house. And, yeah, we get this moment where he's like, Mommy, like, I want my fucking mom. Like, this is fucked up. Like, you know, I, you know, I want my mom. And that's why I said it's the weird kind of good thing that he does as a kid because any kid would want that. Like, yeah, he's been a badass at this point, but he just wants his mom. Like, yeah. just, mom, come me, me, and save me. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have well, that horrible uh, Christmas song playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Really drove it Well, Paul McCartney? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sing no, I think it was. A, I, th- I think it's a. I think the chick that sung it is the same one that did that horrible. Uh, you know, left a cake out in the rain or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a. It's a. It's a, a song. I, I can't remember what Paul McCartney song it is, but it is playing in the background. You're right. It, it was in the IMDb trivia. I, just, I forgot to write it down, but. Um, but you know, oh, he, Bonnie Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but he, he does have the walkie-talkie, so he's able to communicate with Pappy to say he's okay, and he's going to try to hey, use that sexy computer to, to send some faxes out to people. I love that he faxes people because it's 89 and he has that technology, so he's going to fax Pilo saying, oh, uh, you know, Pele Noel has come. You need to help me. Uh, anybody else, like, Roland gets the facts, and he's like, oh, whatever, facts. I, I'm too busy doing fucking taxes, you know, for, for uh, Christmas night. I'm going to ignore that. And Pilo fucking comes to help. I love the fact that Pilo is like, I'm going to sneak out. I'm going to ride my bike over and then help my friend who's being attacked by a killer Santa. And it doesn't quite work out too well for him. No. <laughs> But, you know, God give it to him, man. You know, comes running through the snow on his 1980s BMX bike with all, all the Velcro pads that you can fucking buy for that thing. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, but we get Pappy in the hideout that we talked about earlier where he's built this gigantic fucking hideout that even his mom doesn't know about with still toys and bridges and things like that. Pappy is walking through this hideout and trips. And that's where the killer Santa hears that sound and tracks down Pappy through the, the fridge that's been built into the wall so he can go through and, and find him. Um, and just before he can get a death blow to Pappy, Thomas saves the day once again and drags Pappy back through the house. So even though he should be fucking dying because of his feet being in the snow barefoot for so long, he's still on the track. He's John McClaning it now, and he's, he's going to yeah. save lives. <laughs> <laughs> he's got what to do now, man. I mean, this kid has a fucking gas chamber in his house that he manages to trap a Santa in. 
by using the, the walkie-talkie for Pat to be like, I can't go on anymore. Dude. I'm going to die. Sauna. <laughs> yeah. It was like a gas chamber. I mean, I know it's a sauna, but it looked like a gas chamber. You know, I was like, obviously, this isn't going to – it's not going to kill evil Santa. It's only going to temporarily stop him. But the fact that he had the foresight to put the walkie-talkie in there and have Pappy go, I can't go on anymore. I'm going to die. Go on with that. <laughs> that's when, you know – you know, Killer Santa's like, I'm going to take this old man if I have to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you know, it, it, it traps him in there. You know, he's just like, okay, Grandpa, you can stop your Western now. <laughs> yeah. Horrible, horrible acting. we got to find a place for you to hide, you know. Yeah, what's going to put you in this uh, armor? You know, in this, uh, uh, yeah, poor... this armor. <laughs> you know, and yeah. we have Julie <laughs> trying to come home. And Julie is frantically calling Roland, and Roland keeps saying, don't worry about it, whatever. Like, it's, it's fine. Like, we'll figure it out. Just keep calling. I'll keep calling. You know, you get home. And she crashes her car, you know, into a bridge for some reason because, you know, she has to be delayed by a little bit. Because meanwhile, in oh, the yeah. house, Thomas is using a blowtorch to get to the, the code box that he hid behind a wall. Like, fuck, this kid rules. <laughs> like, you know, it's, he manages to get to it. You know, get the code so that all the doors and all the windows are unlocked as Pee arrives. And just as Pee arrives, the bum manages to stab Thomas. And he's like, Pee get the fuck out of here, man. Run your life. And he's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, and you get the great chase sequence with Pee on his little BMX bike trying to outrun the killer Santa. Have to have the obligatory trip. Where the bike, you know, trips in the snow, and you know, and the only thing that Pewo was saved by is a passing car. I wanted to see Pewo die. <laughs> I wanted to see, you know, the passing car drive by. <clears throat> Pewo's like, "Yes, I made it!" And then Killer Santa kills him. But for some reason, they don't want to go that far. They'll go as far to stab Thomas. Where throughout the rest of the movie, he's limping, you know, having this uh, this tourniquet on his leg. After being stabbed, but it won't kill Pilu. <laughs> Pilu has to get away and, and survive. No. It's like, oh, no, shit, is real. <laughs> yeah, he gets stabbed. He's got to do a tourniquet. Then he's got to cut a, <laughs> a chair and turn it into a crutch. So, like, he finds, like, the biggest fucking thing to make a crutch out of. He's carrying, like, half a fucking table as a crutch. Fucking makes himself a spare yeah, something like that. <laughs> he does. He makes himself a spare leg. And I love the, the fact that he's limping with this tourniquet on his leg throughout the entire thing. Pappy's like, hey, you're okay? He goes, yeah, I just fell. It's fine. Like, I have not been stabbed. Like, I'm, I'm fine. We're going to make this through this day. You know, let's just go. I just had a have, little bit, yeah. Grandpa, and I, it just hurts a little <laughs> bit, but I will be okay. <laughs> okay, dude. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're fine? I'm slowly dying from not having any insulin. Do you have any insulin? He's like, forget about it. Get in this armor. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. <laughs> um, but he returns to, to his position where he has a PA system where he's able to tell Santa. Because at this point, we neglect to say that he still thinks this is Santa Claus. Like, he doesn't think this yeah. is some guy breaking into the house. He full on believes this is Santa who for some reason wants to kill the shit out of him. So he's telling Santa, like, I know that you're real. I know that you're here. He's like, but you're fucking evil, and uh, it's over for you, man. Because once I figured out all my traps, you are fucking done. And then we get that fucking montage 
with him dipping suction cup arrows into gasoline and putting down a lane of gasoline. I was like, I'm sorry, Kevin McAllister, you got nothing on this fucking kid. Like, this fucking kid knows some shit. Like, you're funny with the pink cans, and, oh, yeah, I'll put the thing on the doorknob, but this kid's fucking working with gasoline, like, you know? Yeah, you know, he's he's making some gasoline traps, you know, he's fucking setting up crossbows. <laughs> well, and it's like the, the scene where he puts the, the, the makeshift grenade into the, the toy train, and he's like, this is going to be the one, this is going to be the one that fucking puts this guy down. And then he sets it off towards the Killer Santa. And Killer Santa just looks at it, and he's like, oh, this is fun. I'm going to send it back. And I was like, oh, shit, this is great. The fact that he just goes, let's just send it back. Like, you know? And, oh, no, it's going to hit Pappy. Poor <laughs> Pappy. Just, oh, you know, just in this armor. It's like, you can't kill Pappy. I'm going to expose my location. And get rid of this thing where the fuse just blows out and it does nothing. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. again, this is this is where like the movie could have been fun and you know like you know Pilo, we could have taken him out. You know, yeah, go ahead and take out Pappy. You know, <laughs> let it hit the armor, and then you have the whole suit of armor go up in flames. You know, and yeah, it's fucked up and shit like that, but it would still be kind of funny too. And then just it'd be like, oh, now it's really fucking on. <laughs> Yeah, and then you have Julie, who has called the police and said to go to the mansion, check on them. Like, I don't know what's going on, but you need to check. Finally, she gets them to come over. And for some reason, the the cop that comes over is listening to CCR's The Midnight Special. And I was like, okay, America, Werewolf mm-hmm. in London, I see you. <laughs> that's the Midnight Special. And I was like, I was <laughs> like oh, yeah, that's Twilight Zone, the movie. <laughs> Want to see something really scary? <laughs> you know, but, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh no, I I, I loved it. Um, and then Thomas, once he sees the cops arrive, he's like, "Fuck it, dude, we're out of here, Pappy, let's go." And Pappy is dying inside the armor. I need insulin to live. So, oh shit, I forgot about that. Oh, you're you're diabetic, Pappy. All right, no. let me just God go run and find me some insulin. But yeah, <laughs> that's when he runs over to to you know to, um, to, to the other house. And that's when we find the caretakers are dead. Yep. Oh, yeah, they're, they're dead. We didn't see them die, but they're dead. Um, we also find out yeah. that the evil Santa took off the tracker and put it onto a tank and sent it over to Thomas. So, no, he has no idea where the evil Santa is. He just knows that he's somewhere in the house. But he's got to save his grandfather because of the insulin problem, which he finally <laughs> finds and, and has to... First, get back into the cop car and go, fuck yeah, we're going, baby. I'm like, hey, you forgot about Pappy, man. Like, you, Pappy, Pappy, you, no, he gets into that cop, he gets into that cop car after the cops been killed, and he's like, fuck yeah, dude. Um, but we also kind of found out earlier that this evil Santa is really just fucking playing a game because he captures Thomas at one point, and he's like, I win, you lose. Now you get to be it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, okay. So do you really exactly. just want to fucking play this game? No cheating. <laughs> and he actually makes them count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Tom's just like, yeah, all right, I'll, I guess I'll count. You know, and it's like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? Like, it's, just, it's a befuddled guy. Like, it's, just, it's so weird. 
You know, to even watch it now, it's like, all right, like, he's a killer, but he's kind of not. Like, he just wants to have fun. Like, I never really thought at that point that Thomas was in danger. Like, I never really thought that he was going to kill Thomas. So he just wanted to play a good round of, of hide-and-seek. <laughs> yeah, just to slow him down a little bit, because you have to have that advantage when you play hide-and-seek. <laughs> That's his advantage, is to stab him real quick. Um but yeah, after after you know the no cheating thing, that's when he gets into the cop car and drives away. And Evil Santa's in the back of the cop car, saying like, "No cheating!" And he's like, "Oh shit!" So crashes the bum. car, gets gets to a clearing where he finds the cop's gun and he points it at the bum. And still believing this guy to be Santa, he just cries out, "Why?" Before just accidentally firing up a round, which does stop him for a second. He's like, "Okay, good." Thomas, good, you know. You shot him a little bit, so that's good. It's going to be fine. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> it's like, no, just do the job. Do the slasher movie thing. He's going to get back up. Put a bullet in the head. Don't stop <laughs> now. Double tap. Got to double tap. Yeah, for real. <laughs> you know, I know he was afraid. And again, he was a kid. A little before his time. You know, you got to, like, well, you got to remember, too, he, he's a kid. And you know what I mean? Killing yeah, somebody yep, is yep. wrong, you know, and especially when you're mm-hmm. that young. The, the idea of taking a person's life, you know, and, and these are the points in which, like, that I feel like the film, again, with its balancing issue, it's like it doesn't know when it wants, like, it knows when it wants to be dramatic, but the whole film is not dramatic yeah. like yep. this. It knows when it wants to be violent, but the whole film isn't violent mm-hmm. like that. And, like, all of the parts don't equal a solid whole. It just ends up coming off like, okay, well, this could have been good if they stayed this way. This could have been good if they stayed that way. But they they, they just tried too much shit with it. And, again, that's why I, I do have a problem with this movie versus Home Alone. Because with Home Alone, Harry and Marv have a reason to be at that house. They know that there's no parents there. You know, they know this could be an easy win for them to get money and to get whatever they can from the house. So it's one fucking kid. Like, we could just dispatch him real quick and get whatever we want and then leave. Whereas in this movie, the, the, the killer Santa really, there's just nothing for him to do. It's like, oh, he's fucked up and he wants to play a deadly game of hide and seek. But why? Like, you know, it's like, I, I don't he know. Wants it's the, one of those weird things. He wants revenge on the mother after she fires him. I mean, you could go that route with it. But, again, none of this is ever explored. We never, we never get right. anything from nope. this guy other than that fucking, no. you know, now it's your turn fucking type shit. Because, yeah, you could, you could definitely apply the logic that he has to do revenge against Julie. But how would he know that that's his mom? Like, he talked to this kid randomly on a message board. And got the address. So he doesn't know that that's well, no, really no. sudden. Like well, yeah. Well, no, I know that. But also because of the whole, when he gets fired, he finally, you remember the mom, he hears the, uh, the mm-hmm. order going through that, uh, that he's supposed to, that they're supposed to bring the delivery to the kid. So. But yeah, because he goes to personnel. You know I mean? but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I don't fucking know. It's fucking weird, man. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a weird thing where there's no motivation, really. Like, there's just really none. Um, as far as him to go as far as he did. Uh, but like we said, with, with Thomas Shepard's gun man. and... <laughs> yeah. But uh, with Thomas shooting Killer Santa and running back to the house where Pappy is, he manages to unhook him from the stand where he's in the armor uh, and Pappy's unresponsive. So, it's, of course, it's like, yeah, you can't lose two people in one night. You can't lose Jr. and Pappy in one night. 
there's got to be some salvation. But luckily, he has the insulin needles, and that's how insulin works. And just jab him in the, you know, the thigh, and, and he's going to come back to life and, and be fine. So luckily, they have that revival of happy. It's like, oh, okay, good. Okay, good. So JR's the only one that has to die tonight. Uh, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, Pappy's going to be fine. But then we have the killer Santa showing up once again in the doorway. You know, again, this is where you have the killer be like, all right, game's over. Like, I'm just going to kill you now. Like, you shot me. So, you know, <laughs> all bets are off. <clears throat> let's do this. Like, let's have this final you battle. threw a knife but, at my face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know Let's be done with this. You know, he doesn't really say anything because now Pappy has the gun. Oh, Pappy has the gun. Great. You know, this guy that can't see anything is going (laughs) to shoot the killer. And you can see the vision, you know, the POV vision where it's like you can't see anything. Oh, Thomas, get down. No, that doesn't work either because your vision sucks. There's no way. (laughs) Even if Thomas got down, that you're going to get a crack shot like Martin McFly in Back to the Hitch Part 2 where you're going to be able to kill, you know, the evil Santa the way that he does. But, hey, listen, you know, that insulin must have made him like Popeye. Where all of a sudden he's just jacked. <laughs> and, like, you know, he's, <laughs> he's able to Oh, he is, to get he is happy. What, squinky eyes? <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> manages to kill the evil Santa as Julie and Roland arrive at home. And you have Thomas just completely shell-shocked sitting on the floor next to the dead body of the killer Santa. And she's like, oh, my God, you know, Thomas, I'm so glad that I made it home and that you're safe. And, oh, shit, what the fuck happened? Why is there a dead body? (laughs) But that's okay. We'll figure it out. And the way that he looks at her, I'm waiting for the sequel where he he becomes fucking Billy from Silent and Deadly Night and just fucking puts on a Santa suit and kills people. Because that fucking look was like, I'm going to kill people when I get older. (laughs) I'm never going to recover from this. And I'm going to kill people with Santa. I was like, that's the missing sequel. <laughs> the <Deadly> games, too. <laughs> yeah. Where, you know, where he's all grown up. We're supposed to go with fucking Corey Feldman with, uh, you know, Friday the 13th Part 4 when he's all bug-eyed at the right. end. Yeah, you know, hugging Kim, his sister, at the end. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, is that going to be the new Jason Voorhees? Maybe. You know, but that's what they needed to do with this one. Like, maybe Renee Manzora said, you know what, one and done, guys. I, I did what I had to do. You know, I tried to sue Chris Columbus and didn't win, you know, in 1990 when they said they stole all my ideas, you know. But, yeah, now, just the way that Thomas is acting, I was like, he's going to kill somebody. Or he's going to, like, choke an animal to death at some point when he's a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah just, but still, it was, it was nice and twisted and, you know, just – you know, him admitting, you know, he just wanted to see Santa Claus. But, but she, and, you know, the mom warned him if you try it's to see fault. Santa Claus, he's going to turn into a. Yeah, but the mom warned him if you try to see Santa Claus, he's going to turn into an ogre. Yeah, and they did. I love the fact that they had that voiceover, too, right before Pappy killed the Santa Claus. Where it's like, oh, you know, he'll turn into an ogre if you see him. And it's like, yeah, you know, I don't know if this is how it works, but. Just the fact that this kid is looking wild-eyed and shell-shocked, I'm like, yeah, you know, he's going to kill people when he gets older. <laughs> this isn't the end of, of Thomas. He's going to use everything he learned, and he's going to become the sticky bandits and break into people's houses as Santa Claus and, and kill people. But 
We never did get that sequel <clears throat> because this movie didn't. I guess they're well enough. I mean, it was filmed in 88, at least in 89, and then just kind of lost the time. But, you know, Rene Manzor, he has an argument <clears throat> for this being kind of like the precursor to Home Alone. But, I don't know, I, I think in a lot of ways Home Alone just did it better. Where, you know, the villains are more entertaining and Kevin McAllister was more fun. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Might be in the minority on that one. No, it, it was a better written story, you know. It, it really was. But still, it's definitely a ripoff of this movie, either way. <laughs> oh, it is. And, you know, and I'm, I'm surprised that, that Rene Manzor didn't win. Um, I know he went on to direct a couple episodes of the Young Indiana Jones series, if you guys remember that from the 90s. Um, you know, oh, yeah. He didn't really do anything of, of notes after this, but... Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like it's an entertaining movie. It has its faults, but, you know, it, it's not one of those movies that I would put in the pantheon of, like, Christmas horror. Like, it, it's fun, you know. And if you want to see something different from France, you know, and how they do it, it's great. I mean, Jeff with the Umbrella, I still want to see what he does. I'm just disappointed <laughs> we never get to see what Jeff with the Umbrella does. <laughs> you know, like, does he shove it up somebody's ass? Like, does he open it up? Like, I, I don't know. They never really go oh, into that. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that is Deadly Games from 89, a.k.a. Dial Code Santa Claus. So uh, as I said earlier on the show, next week is going to be our final episode of 2021. Uh, the following week, we're all going to take a week off, all going to regroup and, and get ready for the new year. Uh, and it does fall on me to have this pick to present the final film of 2021. So I want to keep with the Killer Santa Claus angle. Uh, and I want to present a movie that was directed by David Hess, who you might know as Krug from Last House on the Left. And he also was in Swamp Thing and also in Last House on the Edge of the Park. He directed a movie in 1980 called To All a Good Night that is available on Shudder on YouTube and Monkey. I know you'll be able to find it as well. Uh, it's a slasher, and it also features Santa. So I want to keep it in there in this pantheon of happy horror days. And let's see what David Hess can do behind the camera. Let's see if he can keep it going as the baddie that he is in all the exploitation movies that he did and see if he could present us with a Christmas horror movie featuring a bunch of sorority girls running around half naked being killed by a Santa Claus. Woohoo! <laughs> so, yes, well, stay tuned for that episode next week of my final pick of 2021. To all, good night. 1980, directed by David S. All right, so thank you so much, uh, Dean, for your pick of tonight, which is Dial Code Santa Claus, a.k.a. Deadly Games. See you back in next uh, week for our yeah. final show. Uh, no, uh, this week, uh, this is my final episode of uh, oh, okay. 2021. I will not be able to be on the show. I believe that I will probably be uh, in the air as I will be uh, flying uh, to New Jersey for the very exciting uh, Christmas holidays uh, and all the fun that comes along with that. So I will not be on next week's episode. So this is my final episode of 2021. And wow, okay. Well, you know what, Dean? Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Uh, 2021 has been a, a big year for the show as well as movies. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in 2022. We, we all are looking forward to just see uh, what could happen next based on what's happened in the past couple of years. So, uh, so, there, so there it is. All right. 
All right. So with that being said, Monkey, go ahead and sign yourself off. Yeah, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror and letting me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. (laughs) All right, and Gore, it's your turn. Go ahead and sign yourself off. (laughs) No. Everybody enjoy Spider-Man. That's going to see. Hell yeah. Don't be a dick. Uh, Post fucking spoilers online. Don't be an asshole. Don't be that person. Yeah, otherwise, enjoy, have fun, stay safe, everybody, and stay scared. Well put. Yes, definitely keep away from the spoilers of Spider-Man. We all want to watch it without knowing what's going to happen. You know, I, I, I don't want to know because I definitely want to see it. And also, everybody who wants to go see Nightmare Alley with me, all three old people, you're welcome to it. We're going to go see it on Saturday, and we'll talk about it over some moon over <laughs> Miami at Denny's. We'll, we'll go and have a discussion about it, and if it really stands up to the test of time. But as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, saying thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. And we'll see you back here next week for the final pick of 2021, my pick. To all, a good night.